Hello and thank you for tuning in to the first episode of my new podcast, The David McQueen Show. Ah, I am so excited, I'm really excited about this new journey and I'm looking forward to hearing the feedback uh, from listeners and building community so that I can share insights and engage with some future guests on the show. Now first things first, there will never be any adverts on this podcast. I'm actually, uh, um, I dislike uh, when you have these big sponsored adverts at the beginning of any podcast or at the end and I'm making it uh, a duty of mine not to have any of those. Now every now and then there may be some links I may post up about the courses or events that I'm going to be putting on personally but all those external adverts for, uh, I don't know, web hosting or health products, all those other kind of stuff, you're not going to find it on this show. I'm just going to let people know from now, that's not what I do. I am not going to be looking for any kind of sponsors. The second thing is um, a lot of this production to begin with is going to be in-house. So I am going to be recording and editing and producing it because I want to be able to learn that kind of skill for myself before I, uh, before I kind of farm it out to anybody else to control the editing for me. I want to do it myself. It's part of the journey. I love the creative process in here. So here I am back in, in podcast land. And, and, and to be really honest, I, I struggled with what I should do because I did have a podcast before called Success Republic. And um, that podcast was one that was focusing on business startups. I had uh, the desire to be able to talk to a lot of startup companies about how they could get their business together, how they could not only start it, but how they could uh, start to do sales and processes and basically hustle their way to making sure that the business was sustainable. And then the last one was, how do I build it out? How do I really grow it so that it is a business that lasts for a long time? And essentially, what happened was, uh, whilst I did that, I my heart wasn't in it. My heart was not really in doing the startup stuff. I've done it. But it, it's a bit crowded, um, and, and to be honest, you can spend a lot of energy doing that stuff, um, and there is a lot of noise, um, it didn't necessarily lead to a pipeline in terms of business for me, and I want my podcast to not only be a way of me being able to share information, but it's also part of my business, I make no bones about that, I'll be talking about the work that I do, as well as interviewing people, as well as being able to bring insights, but this is part of my business. And so, um, I parked it. I had recorded about 10 or 11 episodes, probably uh, archived somewhere on the internet, but I decided I was going to pull that off, uh, take it down, because it was no longer a reflection of what I wanted to do. Even though I still do limited work with in, in the startup space in terms of being able to work directly with leaders, I just wanted to, to park that. And then I, um, I started to think about another idea, because I do quite a lot of pitching. People know um, for the last five years I've worked with... So Richard Branson on his program called Zoom, or what was originally called Pitch to Rich. Um, I've worked with a lot of accelerators and um, incubators, and I've also done quite a bit of work for some private investors as well, helping them to put forward uh, disc, uh, decks, slide decks, and elevator pitches in order to be able to raise finance. And, and I wanted to be able to create a podcast where I had a specific niche, where I would be focusing on pitching for uh, those for startups and companies who are scaling um, and I wanted to be able to interview not only those startups who have been able to successfully raise pitches but I also wanted to talk to VCs and angels, crowdfunders and other kind of sources of, of equity for businesses but again 
um, my heart wasn't really in just being only known as that guy in the startup space. And it is a crowded space. And there are others out there that do it really well. And what I didn't want to do was replicate it. And then I came up with a third idea while I was writing these down. And I had this idea of business storytelling. And, you know, again, I, I love it. And it's part and parcel of what I do in terms of my communication. But I didn't want to be stuck in that specific niche around business storytelling because I do so much more around communication. And and when I went out there, I, I found some other um, podcasts that focus on the um, storytelling for business. And and to be honest with you, I'm, I'm big fans of theirs. And, and they were doing exactly uh, what I wanted to do. And I just didn't want to replicate the wheel, as it were. And um, after going through for a number of months and really uh, brainstorming what would really work for me, I realized the bit that I'm really good at, uh, uh, the bit that I get called back for speaking, for coaching, the, the bit that the, the, the organization or my brand is really known for is around leadership development. So whether I am using things like pitching or storytelling or dealing with influence, all that kind of stuff, it's the leadership development part which was going to be where I was going to find my lane. And so I decided that, you know what, uh, I spoke to my marketing coach and to my wife and my business partner, and I decided that what I'm going to do is, rather than go with any flashy name uh, and all these kinds of different kind of branding, I'm just going to call it the David McQueen Show. We'll make it very easy. If people have to go online to find out who I am. They can go and Google the name of the show. Or they can go and find me. Um, and, and that's it. And that's what the David McQueen Show is all about. And and, and I want to be able to do a, a huge shout out to uh, a guy who I'm a big fan of, a guy called Jerry Colonna, who's based out in... In, in Colorado and he's the the founder of the Reboot podcast and I love what he does. I mean mine's slightly different in that he has a lot of interviews where he's coaching people live and I mean going real deep dive into their leadership journey but what that podcast really helped me to do was realize that this was the lane that I wanted to be in. This is where I really wanted to focus my energy going forward for the foreseeable future. And so I sat down and I um, was speaking to my marketing coach and I listed 12 podcasts that I wanted to do. Uh, using the style of some of the more popular uh, podcasters that are out there, I wanted to be able to go and record a bag or have a theme of 12 uh, podcasts that I have in mind. And uh, and here we are. And this is what I want to do uh, with the Dave McQueen Show. And, and again, as I said, listening to uh, a realm of podcasts, and I'm a big podcast fan, um, I wanted to see what, what is that area that I can go in that I can really share a lot of the information that I have, um, uh, open doors for the organizations that I want to be able to work with and the people that I want to work with. And leadership development is where my bag is. And it's not only in my podcast, but it also shapes my coaching, uh, my company narratively. What we've done is we focused on conversational leadership because we really want to get individuals who are either going to emerging positions or people in senior positions are ready to start thinking about how can I communicate this better? How can I have better conversations with my peers, with my staff, with my customers? How can I do this better? And what better way to uh, model that conversational leadership than through the starting of this actual podcast? And so uh, I say this to say that that journey is what really helped me to focus. And today's episode, I'm dedicating to a question of focus. I really want a question on focus because it's so easy to have loads of ideas. It's so easy to be able to um, uh, appreciate that you may have a, a lot of talent, a lot of skill in a number of areas. But being able to focus on one specific thing can be quite difficult. 
And uh, there are a couple of books that I read, Essentialism, and I'll make sure these are in the show notes, um, One Thing, um, and, uh, and, and Deep Work. And uh, these books really helped me to gear my mind and, and to stay really focused and, and, and to, to really recognize that if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to make a real impact or leave a legacy in the work that I do, I need to be really clear about it. So let me tell you, personally, as part of my own leadership journey. So my wife and I, we run our business together narratively. We have a couple of people who work with us. Our idea is to expand the business um, to not only do our speaking and coaching, but to expand it so that we can have a lot more facilitators and, and be able to take the vision of what we do around conversational leadership to many businesses and many organizations and empower them, empower those individuals who are in leadership already and empower those individuals who are going to be affected by that leadership. But I, I have to be quite honest with you that I, I nearly didn't do it. I nearly walked away from what was my passion, what I am really good at. And, and over the last uh, 12 to 18 months, I've toyed with the direction of my career. So let me take you on that journey if I can. Because there are a lot of people in the UK who don't have bank accounts or don't have financial knowledge and access to things like investment tools. Uh, even simple things like being able to get onto the property ladder. And I wanted to be able to create an accelerator which could attract uh, startups and organizations which could really work on providing tools and techniques to help uh, individuals or small organizations to be more financially intelligent. But again, as I said, I realized on my journey that the startup space wasn't necessarily the best use of my, um, my talent. And then I went back to my um, business ideas and I was looking at an idea I had, I created a number of years ago, um, creating um, hair care products for black and mixed race uh, British hair types in Britain. And uh, I've always been quite keen about this and I think I will come back to it sometime in my career. Uh, but that wasn't the time, I just did not need to be uh, distracted by a another side hustle. I wanted to make sure that I was focusing my energy on what was really going to serve not only myself, but the individuals who I work with as well. And there were other ideas as well. There were, uh, uh, if you have ever have a look at my notepads, and be online or my journals, you'll see that I always have these business ideas. And my wife says this to me, she says, uh, I'm setting you a figure that you have to be able to earn in the current company we have, and systems and procedures need to be in place first before you can go and touch any one of those. And, uh, and that was good because it did help, again, to give me a real sense of focus. And let's be honest, I have no shortage of individuals who are willing to work with me, um, but I can't lead others somewhere when I'm struggling myself to stay focused. And so I started to reposition myself in, in the last 12 months around the era, as I said, that I'm really best at, which is leadership development. And I've had the opportunity to work with a number of incredible organisations. Uh, they include... Um, Organisations like Virgin and Sainsbury's and Asda, Barclay Card and Bloomberg uh, have been able to speak uh, around the world. And it's been really, really uh, and a really amazing journey for me because it's not just about this, you know, motivational speaking. This is about working with people in academia and being able to go with some incredible case studies around leadership development in business and also in education. And, and I realized that for me, this area of focus was really going to be about 
leadership development with a special emphasis on communication. That included things from influence, whether you were doing sales or trying to convince people of change in your company, through to conflict. It was also about public speaking uh, to facilitating meetings. But what I realised that I did really well, whether as I was a speaker or as a coach or a facilitator, was really about being able to communicate and demonstrate to leaders, both in the present or those who were emergent to be leaders, how to communicate effectively. And here's the thing, and this may not sit well with everybody, but not everyone is a leader. And often, and, and I'll even raise my hands up and say that I've said it in the past as well, we all say that people have the capacity to be a leader. And to be fair, sometimes there are going to be some specific situations that you may have to be able to step up and take the role for. But generally speaking, I'm talking about those who take people on a collective journey based on a, on a specific vision and a mission, and, a mission uh, and take them to that place, whether it's in a profitable organization, a non-profit organization, but you've got people who you are responsible for and you want to take them on that journey. Now, of course, we can trot out that whole notion of, you know, leaders are made but not born. But even in that instance, we need to realise that not everybody is going to be a leader. However, I do think it's important to note that even if you as an individual are not going to be a leader yourself, even if you're not cut out to be able to take people on that journey, you're the kind of person who likes to just put your head down and get on with it. Um, the reality is it's really good to be able to have an insight as to how other leaders do work and what that uh, expectation is of you under somebody else's leadership. And again, as I said, I've been really fortunate to have worked with some incredible leaders across all industries, and I've been able to sit down to, to find out what makes them tick. And, and there is a, you know, there does seem, seem to be a, a number of themes. Most of the leaders, I, I would say most, I would say all of the leaders that I've had the opportunity of sitting down with have tend to have a sense of strong resilience. Um, there have been those who have come into uh, various organisations with the intention of being good leaders, but they just don't have the resilience or they just don't have that drive or that motivation to take people on that journey. And, you know, for example, one of the, the areas that I find is uh, a lot of people who start up tech companies, incredible developers, really, really good at the ideas, but they're absolutely crap at leading people. And what they tend to do is they tend to focus on their expertise and their specialism. And sometimes I say to them whether they are going to go and pitch for funding or whether they are just individuals who are looking to um, uh, expand their business and, and, and see whether or not they can go into that role of, of leading the organization. Sometimes I say to them, well, you may not be the leader. The fact is, is that you have a really good technical skill. And what you may need to be is just the chief technical officer and leave the CEO or the guiding or the chairman of the company to someone else. Likewise, in marketing or any other um, area of expertise, finance, it doesn't matter. Yes, you can be part of an executive board and being able to, to report into those individuals, but not everybody is a leader. And, and I think one of the reasons why is because the leadership takes a hell of a lot of focus. So let's kind of break down what that kind of focus is, because obviously that's the theme of the podcast we're dealing with today. So one of the first areas is about a focus on self. How self-aware are you? When you are uh, sitting down and you realise that you've got to be able to take people on a journey, how self-aware are you of the fact that your behaviour has an impact on those individuals around you? I remember working a little while back with a, a head teacher in a school and one of the biggest issues that he had is that he just wanted everybody to listen to what he had to say rather than 
be able to engage, you know, uh, uh, creating dialogue with the individuals around him. He felt that people were beneath him. And he hemorrhaged staff. You know, he uh, was losing people from his senior leadership team. There were teachers who, who just didn't want to work in that environment. And, and obviously I was brought in uh, to kind of give some coaching around the direction that he should go. And one of the first things and one of the first exercises that we did was just about self-awareness. And I did what is now known as a, a 360, which is where you give the staff an opportunity in anonymity to be able to give you feedback based on your leadership style, on the way that you influence and impact people and how people feel about the direction you're taking with the organization. And he was shocked to see what the actual feedback was, even though it was plain to see. And even though I came in as an outsider, it's plain to see that he just didn't have the, the 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 backing of individuals because he was quite toxic. And what we had to do is we had to break down um, the communication styles. We had to be able to have meetings where we got him to really focus on what was really important. Now, he left the school and went to another one. But before he did that, he left it in a positive note. He was able to bring on board a couple of other people for in and creating a succession plan where he was able to teach them some of the things that he learned about himself. Yes, he knew the org, how the organization worked and it was absolutely brilliant, but he was able to also teach them a sense of self-awareness um, uh, to, to understand the sense of where um, he was going and, and be able to listen to himself. And, you know, he would work loads of hours in any given week. And I was saying, look, there's one thing about working really hard. But it's also important for you to be able to work smart. And a lot of the reasons why you're getting angry or not being able to connect with people because you're tired and you're stressed out. And again, that focus is about self-control. If I'm going to be able to lead other people, if you are going to be able to lead other people, it's about knowing who you are. It's about knowing what um, boxes you tick. It's about knowing what gets on your nerves. You know, I have very little patience for people who don't respect my time. I know that I have very little um, real, um, tolerance for bigots, whether that be around gender, orientation, race. I have very little patience. And there is always a, an internal conversation, internal dialogue going on about, David, make sure that you have that sense of control when you are confronted with an individual or individuals who are like that. Just remember that you also have your prejudices. Just remember that you also have your unconscious and conscious biases that you will act upon, so you have to be really patient. The second thing about the focus is about being able to focus on others. And and I don't think you can be a really good leader, this is my personal opinion, um, I don't think you can be a really good leader unless you know and understand how to focus well on others. And and one of the, the, the greatest things is about being able to understand the power of your influence. And, you know, often I get called a motivational speaker. I don't really like the title, but hey, if it pays the bills, you can call me whatever you want. But one of the things I love about being able to understand things like motivation and influence is exploring how people react to things. And there are things like, uh, there's a brilliant book called Influence, again, I'll put this in the show notes, by an author called Robert Cialdini. And he talks about things like uh, social impact and status and all those uh, incredible things you can have, uh, social proof, sorry, not social impact, but social proofing that you can have that will allow people to go on that journey with you. Being aware of what those skills are that you have, being aware that you are serving other people as a leader is quite powerful. And not only should you be able to influence others, but you should also have to sense, have a sense of empathy. 
And, and empathy is, is being able to at least sit with that person, whether physically or, 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 or mentally being present with another member of your staff and individuals who you lead and being able to understand where they come from. Uh, I read an incredible article a little while back where, um, again, in, in education, an, an educator said, look, you know, a lot of emphasis has gone on about leaders in schools and working in this space with a lot of um, CEOs who run multi-academy trust in the UK and and and, and um, head teachers of more than one school. One of the things that I would always say is that is such a tough job. Um, I'm a tough person, I do believe, but I would never want to be the head of a, of a school or multiple schools because you are talking about so many emotional stakeholders who are looking um, and pulling you in all different directions to get things done. And, and I believe only certain people should do that. To be honest with you, I think there are some people who have been executive heads who shouldn't be. They should be in just one school. And, and how do I come to that conclusion? Because by sitting down and analysing their strengths, their weaknesses, uh, and looking at um, their personality and doing all you know, different kinds of um, assessments, you realise that there isn't the capacity to be as broad or to be able to reach as wide an audience as they think they can. And one of the big things in there is a sense of empathy. If you don't have a, a, an understanding of the various um, uh, requirements or needs from individuals around you, you're always going to fall over. Uh, and one of the third bits I want to talk about is relationship, because being able to focus on others, you have to build relationships. That doesn't mean you always have to be available. Let's not get that confused. But it is about being able to build strong relationships. Let's take, for example, this whole thing around imposter syndrome. There are lots of individuals who will go into uh, an organization and feel like they're a bit of an imposter. Now, I look at this in two ways. Number one, if you've worked really hard and you have got the qualifications and the experience to be in a position of leadership, for me, imposter syndrome is a bit of a luxury. You've done the work to be there. Why are you thinking about whether or not you're an imposter? But then on the flip side, I do understand it because there are individuals who might be the only person of their gender or their orientation or their race or whatever the limitation is or the, the niche area that they are in in that, in that role. And so often they may, be, they may feel that if something does go wrong, um, there are individuals who may not necessarily understand their mode of communication or their way of being or your way of being able to, to roll out a program or, or lead other people. And so as such, you, you get to that point where you think, oh, oh my God, you know, what, what should I be doing here? But then at the same time, I also think it's important around relationships to have people, whether it's in a mastermind group and you have peers or you can um, let off steam to or a coaching group, or whether there are other individuals who are in specific roles in the same industry or just in another position of leadership where you can talk and talk directly to those individuals building relationships and talking about those things that you find quite a bit of a challenge at work. That way, I again, as I said, whilst I think imposter syndrome is real, I also think that's impo important to surround yourself with individuals and build relationships with people who can really help you to um, have a bit of a sounding board, have some really good feedback, and help you to focus on what it is that you do really well. And the last area of focus in, in leadership for me, I've talked about self, I've talked about others, but this time I want to talk about organisation. And again, I don't think that it's possible to be a senior leader in any role, be it in the public sector, be it in um, third sector, be it in the corporate space, if you do not understand how an organisation works. And there are a lot of people who get put into roles and they shouldn't do it. So, for example, if you're going to go and run an organisation you don't understand about finance, 
why are you in the role? Because you are always going to be balancing budgets, you're going to be looking at your funding, you're going to be thinking about the key performance indicators based around those specific financial elements. There's also going to be things around operation and, you know, all being well, you should be able to know how or understand how to manage staff. So HR is going to play a role in there as well. But understanding the systems that you have in the organization that will help the organization to run functionally or to function well is going to be really important. So you have to have a sense not only of the systems, but of the strategy as well. Where are you going? What is the bigger picture? What is the vision about how you're going to take or where you're going to take that organization and what, and, and what is your mission? So now that you know, okay, this is, the, this is what we want to be known as and this is our legacy, this is our vision, this is what we want to do. Your mission is how are you going to get there? How are you going to get there? And, and being able to pull resources and people together is not uh, an easy job. And leadership is not an easy job. And yes, there are countless articles and videos and all the icons of individuals who we put up all the time about leadership, but it's not straightforward. And having been in this space for quite a while now, I'm originally in education and, and then moving over into business, I realise more and more that leadership is messy and there is no specific roadmap. There is no specific toolkit, but what it, there is is a real um, essential for a person who does go into leadership to understand where their strengths lie and to be really focused on that. What are you really good at and what do you want out of this specific role? And so I, I wanted to leave this uh, first part podcast as a kind of like a, a tester or, or, or an insight as to what's actually happening. Um, for the first series, I want to be able to share some of the stuff that I've learned, giving some insights around leadership. But I also want to be able to bring some guests on board as well. And I've lined up quite a few people who I want to interview um, uh, and, and to tell us about their, their focuses, tell us about their ups and their downs. And um, I realise that although not everyone is cut out to be a leader, uh, the ones who are, or the ones who do it well, they leave clues behind. And whether it's for us as individuals who want to then join and become leaders ourselves, or whether it's because we want to learn how to be able to interact best based on our personality with those leaders, for me, this is why I have put together this show. So in, I hope you enjoyed this first one. And again, it's going to be rough and ready. I'm still testing. I'm still feeling my way through here. The next episode, I'm going to be talking about charisma. And I'm going to be talking about whether or not you need to be a, uh, in order to be a good leader, you need to have charisma to do the job. So I hope you enjoyed this first session. Again, um, you can find this uh, podcast at my website, which will be davidmcqueen.co.uk. Um, and I will be posting on this, all the social media platforms, along with the show notes and the links to the books that I've talked about as well. So again, thank you very much for listening. I hope it has been helpful. And I look forward for you to tuning in to the next episode of The David McQueen Show. Peace.